don't know me, I am uh, one of the pastors here at Living Waters, and I'm on the teaching team. And this morning, I get the absolute privilege to preach on Father's Day. And so um, I'm excited to preach on Father's Day. I think this is probably a significant day for me. Um, like I'm just, I'm excited to preach today because of just my own father. I'm gonna cry every time I talk about him today just cause he's amazing. Um, and I don't get to be with him today. So Pop, I love you and happy Father's Day. Um, gosh, I did not expect that so soon. I did bring Kleenex, everybody. <laughs> don't worry, I've got this. Um, but I, I just, my dad has had such a huge influence in my life and I am who I am today because of what he has poured into my life. And so, um, the example that he's been of just loving Jesus and all of it has just influenced me tremendously. So it is a huge honor to preach this morning. Um, I first want to start with just doing this. I, um, about a month ago I preached and I was talking about, um, just going after healing in our life. And I mentioned this book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And then, um, I said that we had it out there and we had like one copy out there. So just so that you know, I have like 10 copies out there now. So if you want to buy this book, it is out there. But I wanted to give this away to a dad today that has not read this book. So is there any dads that have not read this book that you would like it? So Galen, I'm going to give it to you. You're the first one I saw. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy that book, you guys. That book is... It's an incredible book that um, literally shifted a lot of things in my life. Um, and, and stepped me into just the healing process in my life. And so if you have not read that book, please go and get it. Um, I think I'm gonna, Janelle, can you grab me my, my glass really quick right there? Yeah, I just need water today. I've been battling, it's fine, I, that'll be enough. I was battling a cold at the beginning of this week and I've been feeling better, but my mouth is a little dry this morning. So this morning, um, you know, we've been in this series of acts for now two weeks. Ryan started us there. And um, he told me I could do a one-off, and I'm always going to jump at one-offs and just do whatever the Holy Spirit tells me to do. And so I'm very excited about that. Um, so this morning, it's not a typical Father's Day message, though, and, but it is going to be directed to fathers. And... Um, this week, as I've been just kind of waking up in the mornings, and even last Sunday, I was sitting over here, and the Lord just kept saying, follow me. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and he just kept saying it. And so then I would wake up every morning this week, and he'd be like, follow me. And I was like, yeah, I, I know, follow you. And he was like, I want you to remind this house to follow me. I want you to remind fathers to follow me. And I was like, well, okay. That's kind of a basic message, right? If you are a Christian, you're like, of course, that's what we do. We're Christians, we follow Jesus. That is our life. But if you really think about it, I think sometimes we get lost in following him. I don't think we always are following him. I think a lot of times we follow our own path or what others might be doing instead of following him. And so this morning I felt like he just wanted to remind us, and this may be a very simple message, and I've been battling with the enemy all morning about this, just thinking, gosh, this is too simple. And the Lord's like, hey, this is my message, so knock it off. 
And I'm like, okay. So you guys can take this up with Jesus if you don't enjoy this message. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this message is for dads today, but I really felt like um, each one of us that are here and that are listening and that are online that are listening, I felt like there's something specific that the Lord wants to speak to your heart as well. So don't tune out just because you might not be a dad, okay? Because this is gonna be for all of us. <clears throat> you know, my... Um, my life has been, like I said, greatly impacted by my dad. My dad is, is an incredible man who followed Jesus. And by watching my dad follow Jesus, it taught me to follow Jesus. And my dad, you know, he's got a ton of gifts and talents. He can do anything. He always taught me as a young girl to do, like, Kim, you got to learn how to fix things. You can't rely on a man. you got to learn how to fix things. And so I was always learning how to fix things and do things on my own. And he, he just has a ton of talent like that. And he's funny. He's so funny. Like, you think I'm kind of funny? Oh, I think I'm funny. But, <laughs> but, you know, he's, like, super funny. I laugh with him all the time when I'm around him. But he's kind, he's loving to anyone that he's in contact with. And I'll tell you, if that is all out of the overflow of his relationship with the Lord. All of the, all of the traits that I love about my dad comes from him cultivating a relationship with Jesus every day. And I've watched it my whole life. And it has been beautiful to watch. And did my dad get it right all the time? No, he's human. Right? He's made some mistakes and it's, it's been painful at times. But you know what I've watched my dad do is every time that there's been a mistake or something that has happened, he's always come back to the Father. He's always aligned his heart with Jesus. He's always followed after the Lord and done what he, the Lord has asked him to do. And it's not even just words that my dad has spoken over my life that have changed me, but it's just me watching him me watching his relationship with the Lord that has changed me to the core of who I am. So when I say follow Jesus, yeah, it might be a simple message, but I think there's something very significant about us following Jesus. And you know, dads, you can do everything in the world to be the best dad that you possibly can be. And I'll tell you, nothing is gonna help more than following Jesus. Nothing is going to make you a better dad than following Jesus. So it says, Jesus said, follow me 13 times in the gospel. He used these two simple words to call Peter and Andrew and James and John as his disciples. See, these were the guys that were waiting for the Messiah to come. They had been waiting. They had no idea how he was going to come. They didn't know what this was going to look like. They didn't know when he was going to come. They were just waiting for him to come. And it says in Matthew 4, 18, as Jesus was waiting or walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. And then in Matthew 4, 21, it says, going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets, and Jesus called to them. And immediately they left their boat and their father and they followed him. 
And even the tax collector, Matthew, followed Jesus. It says in Matthew 9, 9, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. See, Jesus was meeting with these guys right in the middle of where they were. He went to them and he said, hey, follow me, come be with me. Come walk life with me, come know me. Let me teach you things. Let me show you truth, come be with me. And immediately they left everything behind. They dropped it all because they knew he was the Messiah. They knew who he was and they were like, I don't care about anything else. I just want to be with you. And they left it all. And even Matthew, who's a tax collector, he knew in his heart that this was the right thing to do. But you know what? That came at a cost for him. Matthew had spent most of his life being despised for the work that he had done. He's a tax collector. Nobody likes him. I don't know if you've seen The Chosen at all, but um, the first season of The Chosen, I was just watching a clip of it this week where Jesus um, goes and he finds Matthew in the tax collector booth. This is what we're talking about right here. And you can feel, The Chosen is so good. Just watch The Chosen. But you can feel that moment where Matthew feels seen and known. And he's like, me? Of all people, I'm a tax collector your guys that are walking with you, they don't like me. Honestly, I am pretty despised around here, but you see me? He dropped everything to follow Jesus. But then there were some that struggled to follow Jesus. Matthew 8, 18 says, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to cross the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Oh. <laughs> okay, that could sound like Jesus is a jerk. Right, that can be interpreted as, man, you have no empathy here. You don't care, but that's not what was going on. See, Jesus knew exactly what this guy was doing. See, this guy, he was putting something else before following Jesus. His dad wasn't dead yet. What he was doing was like, you know, it's just not convenient for me to follow you right now. I'm just not ready to lay all this down yet. So once that happens, then I'll come after you. Then I'll follow you. And Jesus was reading right through it. And also there are some that say that this guy was also probably waiting for his inheritance, right? So he's waiting for his inheritance. So I'm just gonna wait for my dad to pass away. Then I get his inheritance and then I'll come because then I've got some financial security. See, he was putting that as the most important instead of following Jesus. And I think many of us might do that to the Lord as well. Not trying to shame anybody here, but sometimes I think that we can put God on the back burner and just say, you know what? It's just not convenient right now. I've got other things going on. So once this you know, goes by, once I, I work this out, once I have this financial stability, then I'm all yours. And he's saying, hey, I want you to follow me right now. I want you to trust me with your whole heart right now. 
There's another guy in Matthew 19 that asks what he must do to have eternal life. And Jesus says, go and sell all your possessions and follow him. And the guy walks away sad because he was really wealthy. And he knew that that was a huge sacrifice. See, this guy was more dependent on what he had than he was on Jesus. He was relying on his money and possessions to take care of him instead of letting that go and following Jesus. When Jesus said to his disciples, follow me, they dropped everything to follow him. They walked life with Jesus. They were with him, listening to him, talking with him, eating with him, learning from him, enjoying him. Where he went, they were right there with him. So my question to you is this, are you following Jesus? Are you spending time with him, walking your life with him, leaning on him, learning from him? Are you following the voice of the Holy Spirit and letting him lead and guide your every step? Are you allowing him to give you the answers to the questions that you might have? Is he teaching you things and giving you visions and dreams and changing your plans and following his plans instead of yours? See, I don't think that following Jesus is an easy decision. You know why? It's because it costs us everything. It actually requires something of us to follow Jesus. It requires our time and our attention and our space. It takes us laying down our own ways of doing things and partnering with him. It requires us to lean on Jesus instead of leaning on our own understanding. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will direct your path. See, his ways are so much better than ours. We read that in Isaiah. He sees everything. He knows what's happening. And so why wouldn't we lean on his understanding and follow what he's saying instead of what we think? See, our, I, I shared about this about a year and a half ago, but we have this filter of our own experiences that we see Jesus through, or we see our circumstances through, or we see our relationships through. And the Lord, he doesn't have those filters. And so we get to trust him with our life and lean on him and say, what do you see? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to walk this situation out? You guys, he's that good and he loves you so much. And I just wanna say, fathers in the room, you know, are you following Jesus? Because the decisions that you're making in your life are affecting your kids. If you don't think that, then you are wrong. They are seeing everything. Even if you don't think they see it, they see it. And you should know that as a kid yourself. Y'all have fathers, right? So we've all experienced this from our own fathers. But your kids are the ones that are gonna receive whatever the overflow of your life is. So if that doesn't come um, from a relationship with Jesus, then what are they receiving? And that's not to put pressure on you. That's an invitation. The Lord's saying, follow me because you don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to carry the weight of this. That's too much weight. No human can actually handle that. No human can actually get it all right. That was what Jesus did. Amen. See, so we get to follow him. I 
have an example of this. I, I, just forgive me if you read the newsletter because it's the story that I wrote in the newsletter. But, you know, when I was a kid, my favorite thing to do in the morning was to um, run out into the living room as soon as I got up. And my dad would always be sitting on our gray couch and there would be a lamp there. He'd have his cup of coffee. He'd have his Bible. He'd have his journal. And he'd have this little devotional every day. My whole life, that's what I remember. And I loved those mornings. It was one of those mornings I was just, I was so grateful for that time because I would run out there and I'd be like, good morning, dad. And he'd be like, hey, KJ. And then I'd lay on the couch and I'd wait for him to be done with his time with Jesus. And then as soon as he was, then we would start our day. And that was a memory that was in there forever. Like I saw my dad spending time with Jesus and it taught me to spend time with Jesus. But then there was the morning that I woke up and I ran out into the living room and my dad wasn't there. And I, you know, at the time I didn't think much of it, but where was my dad? I didn't get up late. So something's going on. So I had my pajamas on, so I just put a sweatshirt on and I grabbed, I was a cowgirl back in the day. So I grabbed my Justin Red Roper boots and I ran out into the backyard to find my dad. And he was out there feeding the horses and the dogs and the cats and whatever else we had. And so I helped him with his chores, not thinking much of that moment. And uh, about 20 years later, because <clears throat> everything had stopped, that, that, that time on the couch didn't happen anymore. And so about 20 years later, it was about 15 years later, something like that, um, I remember being at work one day and Holy Spirit was like, hey, go call your dad and talk to him about this. And so I did. I was in this beer warehouse because I worked for a beer distributor at the time. And I called my dad on the phone and I was like, dad. I, and I started talking to him about this and he was very aware of what I was talking about. And I said, dad, that, that day when you weren't there on the couch doing your devotions anymore, spending time with Jesus, was that the beginning of when things started to shift in your life? Was that the beginning of when things started to shift in your marriage? See, it was not very much longer and my parents got a divorce. And my whole life shifted at that moment. And my dad in tears just was like, yeah, that was it. I kind of started just going my own way, doing my own thing, what was good for me in the moment. And he's like, I look back on that and I don't, I don't like that. You know, and throughout my whole life, I've seen my dad come back to the Lord. I've seen him choose the Lord. I've seen him be consistent in his walk with the Lord. But there was that time when he did stop seeking the Lord that everything switched and he started doing his chores instead. And that affected me just as much as it probably affected my siblings as well. But see, I learned something pretty powerful from my dad that day because he told me, he's like, you know, he's like, the thing that I've learned through all of this is that my relationship with the Lord is the most important thing my consistency with him, my time with him. And he's not just talking about getting in the word every single day and sitting on the couch and being, you know, journaling and all that. Because we can do that and that can become a habit. 
but it's more about just having Holy Spirit with you all day long. It's more about cultivating a relationship where he's in everything that you do. Yes, getting in the word is important. Journaling and spending time with Jesus, all those things are huge for our walk with Jesus. But we've gotta invite him into our hearts and connect with him every day. I'm so grateful for all that my dad has taught me, even in his mistakes. It's been impactful for my life. But I will tell you, it's your relationship with the Lord that's gonna overflow out of your life as you parent your kids. And I promise you, they will benefit from it if it's there. And you may not always make the right decisions and that's totally okay. I don't think any person does. But go back to Jesus, bring him back. Where is he? Get into that relationship with him. He is saying, follow me. And what's your response? Let it be. Okay, let's go. Let it be. Yeah, Jesus, I wanna know you deeper again. I think that we can learn more from the disciples. You know, these were just ordinary guys. They had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> if you read about their lives, you're just like, these guys, some of their decisions, you know, and they're with Jesus all the time. They're watching him do miracle after miracle. They're spending time with him. They're hearing all of his teachings and yet they still need help. They still need Jesus to give them answers. And so, in John 6, Jesus is teaching a crowd about 5,000, and he asks his disciples, where are we gonna get food for these guys, knowing where he was gonna get food for them? You know, and then there's this little boy that comes by, and he's got, you know, um, a five, what does he have? He's got five loaves of bread and two fish, and so then there's a miracle that takes place, and all these guys are fed, and then there's like 12 baskets of food left over. That's an amazing miracle. Right? I've never seen that before, so I can imagine that being pretty miraculous, right? And then we read in John 6, 16, it says this, when the evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into the boat and set across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. Well, yeah, I, that would be a little scary. They're in the middle of a storm and Jesus is walking on the water, okay. Um, but he says to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. See, these guys, had been in this boat headed to a destination. They knew exactly where they were going and Jesus was gonna meet them there. And then a storm hits and now they're doing circles and they're wasting energy and they have no idea how to get out of this. And then I think it's very interesting that this scripture is so specific. It says, then they were willing to take him into the boat. See, they had a choice to invite him in or not. They had a choice to believe him or not. They, they were like, okay, it is Jesus. Yeah, get in the boat. <laughs> and immediately they're at their destination. That's crazy. I don't know what just happened there, but that's supernatural, okay? When we're following Jesus and we're facing whatever it is that we're facing in this life, we get to invite him in to the boat. 
That's our choice. He's not going to push his way in. But he wants you to follow him and he wants to be in your boat. He knows exactly how to get you to the destination that he wants to take you to. And so often we're doing it on our own and so we're doing circles and we're making fools of ourselves trying to figure it all out. And he's like, hey, just invite me in. I got you. Not only are you following Jesus in your life and spending time with him and hearing the direction that he has for your family, but you get to invite him into your boat. Whatever it is that you're facing, he has direction for you. I was thinking about the other night um, as I was getting woken up by a like one and a, not even a half year old. He's one in four months, something like that. I live in a house with an amazing family in this house and uh, Joshua <laughs> sleeps right down the hall from me. And Joshua is, uh, yeah, he's like a year and four months and every once in a while, Joshua doesn't like to sleep in the middle of the night. <laughs> and the thing is, Joshua doesn't have words. He just has a scream. And it is a very loud scream, and he did it to us last night. And I, I know that there are things, I'm not a parent, but I know that there are things that you know to do as parents, your own understanding of maybe change the baby, maybe feed the baby, maybe hold the baby, right? Some of those things work, but then what happens when they don't? How are you going to know what this kid needs if all he's doing is screaming at you? See, this kid, he's very aware that he's getting your attention and all of us at 2 a.m. But does it occur to us in that moment to call upon Holy Spirit, invite Jesus in and get some help? You know that he knows how to talk to your kids? Whatever age your kids are, you may be struggling to figure it out. Like, I was in youth ministry. I was a youth pastor like 20 years ago. I know that's old, but I was a youth pastor 20 years ago. And now Andy's got me back in there with him in youth ministry. And I'm like, whoa, these kids are so different. We need Holy Spirit to teach us what to do with these kids. They are great kids, but I'm like, dear goodness, how do you parent? If you're not parenting with Holy Spirit in your boat, then you're doing it all on your own. And the direction that your kids are going, I just, I would just say, don't do that. (sighs) And some of you in this room, you might not even have a relationship with your father. Or fathers, you might not have a relationship with your kids. And I would just say, I just want to encourage you to not give up. I want to encourage you to trust the Lord in this, to get him in your boat and say, what direction are we going? What do you want to do here? You know, I, um, I had a, uh, when I was, when my parents got divorced, I put up wall after wall after wall after wall because no one was safe for me at that point. And I was very angry. I didn't know what to believe about what was happening. I didn't know what the truth was. I didn't know who was for me. And I I just didn't know. I was a very young girl that thought, okay, I've got this. And I've got these two boys. My brothers are younger. I've got them with me. And nobody gets to hurt us again. And so my dad 
was very consistent in calling every single Thursday night at six o'clock for years. He did not stop calling every Thursday night at six o'clock for years. He would make that call from wherever he was. He just would stop and say, it's six o'clock, gotta call my kids. And you know what I did? Because I was protecting myself, I would not be there. There were days that I would, but for the most part, I was just like, I don't, I don't wanna hear, I don't wanna talk. I, so I would have plans. I would not be around the phone. And can you imagine the pain and the rejection and the hurt that I probably caused him? But here's the thing, he didn't quit. He didn't quit, he was consistent for years, you guys. I'm talking five, six, seven, I don't even know how many years. I was gonna share this story at the end of this, but it's cool. So I don't even have my notes with me, but all I know is when um, I moved out on my own, he was still consistent. And he did this because he was cultivating a relationship with Jesus and that was God's plan, to heal and restore a relationship. And as I was out on my own, 18 years old, and my dad kept calling at six o'clock on Thursday nights, I started to answer the phone. And I started to hear his heart. And I started to get to know him again. And God completely restored our relationship. But my dad, he just, he never gave up. That's God's direction. His, his whole heart is to restore a relationship. And so you can trust him. You can trust him. So the disciples, we're gonna keep going with them. They, you know, they spent three years on this earth with Jesus. And then it was in Luke 24, Jesus is before the disciples and he tells them, hey, I gotta go. And uh, what I want you to do is stay here in Jerusalem because the Father has a gift for you. He wants to provide a gift for you, but you cannot leave Jerusalem. And so right there, he's talking about Holy Spirit. And Ryan preached about this on Pentecost Sunday a few weeks ago out of Acts 2, where the promised Holy Spirit fell on those that were waiting in the upper room. It was these disciples that were like, Jesus said not to leave, so we're not leaving. So they got about 120 of them up in the upper room and they're praying and they are waiting for this gift and then Holy Spirit falls upon them. So Jesus has ascended to heaven at this point, so they can't walk the earth with Jesus anymore. So the gift that they got was Holy Spirit in them, with them. And here's the thing, we all that confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have Holy Spirit in us as well. And we get the opportunity to cultivate that relationship with him and to follow him, to listen to him, to bring him into our life and allow him to lead us. It says in Galatians 5, 25, since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. We get to stay in step. What does that look like? I shared this a couple years ago, but I remember being in the third grade and me and my best friend would go to our church picnic and we would do the three-legged race. If we weren't in step with each other, we were falling flat on our faces, right? We had to be in step, in sync. That's what Jesus wants as well. He wants us to be in sync with him. In step with him. Where he goes, you go. What he's saying, you're listening to and you're following. I promise you, if you do this, your kids are going to be affected by this. Yeah. 
As you step in a relationship with Holy Spirit and follow Jesus, your life is gonna have great fruit that your kids are gonna receive. So if I can leave you with anything from this message, it would just be to encourage your heart to follow Jesus. If you follow his lead, he will help you parent your children. If you follow his lead, he will help you mend relationships with your children. If you follow Jesus, he will deepen the relationships that you already have. Maybe you're already doing all this. He's got so much more for you than just what you have right now. If you follow Jesus, he would like to father you and heal your heart. You following Jesus and taking care of your heart is the best gift that anyone can ever receive as a kid. And I promise you that your kids are going to, they're gonna receive that and they're gonna be so thankful. I look back on my life and I look back on the example of my dad and I think, man, I have the best dad in the whole wide world because he didn't have it all together, but he taught me a lot as he walked through things with Jesus. And so whatever it is that you're walking through, I just want to say to you, Jesus is asking you to follow him. He's inviting you to follow him. And it only takes you to say, yes. Yeah, I'll go. I'll walk with you. No matter what mistakes that you have made, he's got that. He's not worried about it. It's not that you took 20 steps away from him and now you have to take 20 steps back. He said, just turn around, I'm right here. He hasn't left you. He hasn't left you. I don't even know what time it is. I'm way early, Pete, but I think we're gonna do it. So um, worship team, I'm gonna have you guys come up and um, fathers in the house, I'm just gonna ask you guys to stand. I know this is vulnerable, guys don't like doing this, but if you're a dad in the house, will you please stand? Oh. You guys carry a lot. You have a lot of responsibility and you hold it well. I know, I know it hasn't been easy on a lot of you, but you guys, you hold a lot. And I just want to bless you guys today. And so we're gonna enter into worship here in a minute as I, I bless these guys. And then there's communion available that I would encourage you to go. And if you're with your dad, just go and have communion with him. Enjoy this moment. This is a, a very special moment, but I also am gonna ask you guys just to surround these dads and pray for them as we enter into worship. Dads need support. They need our love and encouragement. And so I'm just gonna, if, if you're just around a dad, will you guys just reach out your hands? And to all you fathers in the room, I just bless your heart with a knowing of who Jesus is, a deeper knowing of who Jesus is. I bless your mind to align with Jesus and with the truth of what he speaks over your life. Jesus, I just pray for all these fathers here today as they are 
carrying all the things, all the responsibility and the weight of things. And I just ask God that you would just go and meet with all of these fathers right now and just remove that weight from them. That's not their responsibility to carry. All you require them is that you would follow him. He's got the weight. He's got the burdens. He's got the situations that you don't know what to do with. He's got healing for your relationships with your children. He's got healing for your heart of whatever has happened to you in the past. He wants to meet with you in those places. And so I just bless you with an encounter from the living God right now, that you would feel his presence, that you would know his Holy Spirit, that you would hear his voice, even if it's for the first time, that you would begin to hear God's voice speaking to you and directing your steps. I bless you with a deeper walk with Jesus, that he would be what overflows in your life and that we would see the fruit of the Spirit coming out of your life. The love and the joy and the peace, the patience and the kindness and the gentleness, self-control. That these would be gifts that you would be handing your children because you're cultivating a relationship with Jesus and you're following his direction. I just bless you as you hear what Jesus speaks over your life. We just tell shame to go away right now in the name of Jesus. You get no space here in this room. Yeah. All judgment that you have over yourself, I just break that off of you in the name of Jesus. I just pray God that any filter that would come as they see themselves, that those things would be removed and that they would see themselves the way you created them. Jesus, we bless our fathers this morning. We bless them and we just ask that they would have an incredible day knowing they are loved, they are seen, they are cared for, they are thought of. First by you and then by all of us around them. We bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. So if you guys just want to go and grab communion and, and do that as a family or you can even take it as yourself, but then we're just going to enter into some worship. Thank you. 
shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.
guys feel comfortable, would you mind just standing together? I want to do something a little different. Now we just pray for uh, fathers, but I really feel like the Lord just wants us just to sing this over directly over our dads in the house. You could, you could pray for, just look, as you sing it, just, <clears throat> you could sing kind of for like all the fathers in the entire nation. Um, but uh, if there's a dad around you, you feel comfortable just to lay your hand on your on the father uh, near you, or you could just stretch out your hands. And we're just gonna sing this just as a blessing over them. And then dads, don't sing, just put your hand on your heart if you feel comfortable doing that and just receive this. Just take a couple breaths and feel like God just wants to do something here. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. Sing it out. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. I'm like, do I want to be my friend? Hmm. <laughs> but uh, I feel like the Lord just want to do something. Um, I feel like God just wants to release forgiveness but, um, of ourselves. Um, maybe forgiveness for what we feel like maybe Heavenly Father did. Um, if, if there's uh, something between you and your dad, and you feel like the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, like, I want you to let this go. Just um, take this time and just um, forgive him. Just forgive him. So let's just take a minute. Um, we got a couple minutes left. Just close your eyes and put your hand on the heart and say, Holy Spirit, like, where can I extend 
So forgiveness, where can I let go? Where am I carrying something that, man, this is, this is not doing me any favors. <clears throat> is it myself? Is it my dad? Is it you? What father can I forgive right now? Let's just sing this. I forgive you. 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 I forgive, 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 I let it go. Sunday and felt like that God, Jesus was like, hey, get ready, you're going to cry. I'm like, mm, all right. Anyways, um, showed up to church and um, felt like just, I don't know what I was crying about, but the Holy Spirit was just like healing me of something. I was heaving, like weeping, belly crying for like 45 minutes. I had to go out to the hallway. I was like snot everywhere. Probably going to have to clean the carpets. It was a big deal. And I was like, what is going on? Like, and I feel like the Lord was just like healing just some, some father stuff. I have a great dad, but I had some extreme trauma when I was like a three that was kind of out of his control. And uh, ever since that, that time, I've kind of really deeply doubted um, like my worth. I really deeply doubted like God's love for me. And it's been like the story of my life. I'm like, God, I get that you love me in my head, but I just can't get it in my heart, you know? And that's uh, been a journey. It's taken me like deeper and deeper. But um, <clears throat> Thomas got the cry bug that night too. Or it was the morning, I think. And, and um, <clears throat> Thomas said something awesome. He said the Holy Spirit told him, he's like, hey, I'm going to show you what um, life is like as if you were perfectly loved by like a perfect father. And like, 
I was like, oh, that's a great thought. Like, like what if like our dads were able to do everything perfect and there was absolutely like no trauma or no, no, nothing weird, just like perfect love, you know, like, what would that be like? And I just kind of wanted, I felt like the Lord just wanted to, uh, uh, us to be curious about that, to kind of explore that and be like, man, if I was like perfectly loved, like, what would I believe? What would I think? What would, how would I talk? Like, how would I live? Like, as, as a dad, like, if I was perfectly loved, perfectly secure, like, how would I love my kids? Like, how would I love myself? What would I say to myself? All those things. So, um, I just want to, like, just throw that out there. Because <clears throat> God's love is perfect, you know? It sure doesn't seem perfect sometimes, but it's, uh, it's legit perfect. And He, he can heal those areas where we're like, man, I don't, I don't know about that Father's love. So, <clears throat> God, come and heal those areas in our hearts, Lord, where we're broken. Come and heal those areas in our hearts where we don't know. Come and heal those areas in our hearts where we are broken. Come and heal those areas in our we're just not sure oh, that your perfect love comes. Mm-hmm. That your perfect love comes. Mm-hmm. That your perfect love comes. Amen just means let it be. So Lord, let it be. Let your perfect love just go with us, before us, behind us, inside us, around us, and our fathers and our children and our families, God. Pray you bless this day, bless this week, bless this year. Amen. Amen, dads. Have fun today making all that meat. Go dads. <laughs>